But it's really, really cool to be here. And um, just like Pastor Josh said, I believe that um, this book can change your life. And I want to share with you guys just for the next like 15 minutes or so, um, something from, um, from there that I really do believe can be a game changer for you. Um, I really feel like um, that this youth ministry is going to hit some good things in the next little bit. That's my phone. I'm going to put it on silent. I really do believe that this, um, this youth ministry is, is called to do some amazing things in the region across the entire Peninsula. And um, I think that high schools are your inheritance. Um, I believe that it's, um, you know, the amount of kids we have here from um, Paul Lincoln High and Navigator, um, you guys are in a great position to see your school completely won and saved in Jesus' name. There's no reason why we can't believe for those things. No reason why we can't believe that buses can come from Tummy Bay and, and um, you know, coffins and um, lock and uh, 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 Elliston. Um, and um, uh, that's all I know. Boston. No, no, <laughs> not really. I know that's close. But yeah, yeah, boat church, boats coming in from everywhere, New York Peninsula, boat across. But hey, no, no, I, I really do believe that you guys are going to come into a great time, and so that's amazing. I hope you guys are having good school holidays. I had a bit of a holiday, but it was like a forced holiday brought upon by COVID-19. It was like an unwanted holiday, um, but you know, it was a good time of refreshing. Um, but I've got to tell you, in the holiday, something happened that was pretty awful. Um, definitely what happened, um, before I get into that though, I just do want to actually say, Pastor Josh is a legend. Um, if you don't know this, he looks after an entire region for Youth Alive. He's been in the youth game for like seven years, is that right? Close to, right? So he's been faithfully serving in youth for seven years. Um, this guy is just an absolute beast of a guy. I, I've known, how long have I known you for now? Like maybe four years or so, four or five years. Um, but yeah, he's just an absolute legend. It's an honor to be here, bro. Seriously, it means a lot. And this is just a pumping youth ministry. I don't know. Anyway, I feel happy. I'm not sure how you feel, but that's how I feel, in case you were wondering. But, you know, in the holidays, something happened that was, um, that was pretty horrendous. I'm not going to lie. Um, definitely my least favorite thing to happen to me ever. Um, Ten points if you can guess. But the, the, my least favorite thing. Yes, go. No. Coronavirus. No, no, anyway, you're not going to guess. My, the thing that I hate... In the world, the most happening to me is simply this, vomiting. I hate vomiting. Vomiting is the worst. There is nothing worse in the world than that, that feeling of like you're about to vomit and the actual vomiting and stuff, you know. I don't know about you, like when I vomit, it's like an event. It's like an entire thing. Like, you know, it's a thing. It's not like, like my wife, um, we, she, we have a little girl, a little two-year-old at home. And when she was pregnant, you get this thing called morning sickness. She'd wake up like, oh, I'm sick. And she'd vomit. She'd be like, blah. You know, oh, oh no, I need to vomit. Blah. And that's all it was. It was just like, it was so graceful. Like she still looked cute while she was vomiting. I'm like, meanwhile, when I vomit, man, like my arms and legs are flying around everywhere. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? It's like, for ages, I'm like, Ugh. I sound like one of those um, tubes that you buy from the, from the souvenir shop. It's like, right? I'm, I'm like sounding like that for like two hours until I finally vomit. It's just, for me, it is just the worst thing. Anyway, just recently, um, I woke up, uh, I think it was like, it was like 1 a.m. I wake up and my stomach is just hurting so bad. And I'm like, oh man, this is not this again. This sucks. This is the worst thing. And so I got up and I went to like my kitchen area in my house. My wife's asleep at the front of the house and I go to the back and, and, and I, I, you know, when I'm feeling that way, I, I start to get like a little bit panicked. I can't lie. I'm just like, oh, I hate this. Oh, life sucks. And so I started like Googling different ways that you can stop yourself from vomiting, right? So I'm like, 
there's a few different things you can do. So firstly, when I sat down, I didn't like it because it made my stomach hurt. So I was standing up. And while I'm standing up, I'm kind of walking around just because I'm like, I'm like, it says like you take deep breaths, right? So I'm walking around like taking deep breaths. And also you can do this thing where you like a massage, like a pressure point in your wrist, right? According to Google, and it like helps to stop your vomiting. Also small sips of tea, right? And so there I am, 1 a.m. Like if anybody could see into my house, there I am, 1 a.m. Like walking around just stressing out, trying so hard not to vomit. But I came to this point where I knew, where I knew like, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's game over. It's gone, this is, this is going to happen. going to chunder. This is going to go down. And so uh, I'm like kind of getting into vomit ready position. I'm like waiting and like, here it comes. Um, then that state right there of like, you know, okay, I've accepted this now. Like it's going to come. Went for like half an hour. Right, I think that the entire process took like two hours. It's now like 3 a.m. It's like, <laughs> slight labor. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Anyway, so I'm like, I'm stressing out. I'm like, this is going to happen. It's gonna, I'm going to vomit. And then a baby came out. It's crazy. No. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to vomit. And then something crazy happens, which hasn't happened to me before. Um, I, I, like my whole body, like all of my skin just gets so hot. I started like sweating and it's like all of the blood rushed out of my head and the whole room started spinning. I, I could swear that I was going to pass out. I'm like, this is it. This is the end. This is how I go out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fall to the ground. I'm going to vomit. I'm going to choke on my vomit. This is it. Right, this is it. I'm going to die. So I started to get a little bit stressed. I'm not going to lie. And um, what I did is, I'm, not ashamed, I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed of what I did. I, I wasn't stressed enough to call an ambulance but I was stressed enough to start panic calling my wife, right? So I'm now, I've got my phone and I'm calling, I'm calling my wife and she doesn't answer because it's three in the morning, right? And she's asleep at the front of the house, phone's on silent because, you know, she's smart. And so I'm calling her, she doesn't answer, I call her again, doesn't answer, I call her again. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to pass out, this is so stressful. I start calling her, she doesn't answer and then it happens, I start to vomit, right? Blah, 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 right, you know? Right, and then, and then, you know, I vomit and then, I feel like slightly better after vomit like as you do, but then like I started feeling quite sick again. So I'm like, oh man, not again. So what I did is I, I jumped in my car. It's like now like close to five in the morning. Jump in my car, drive to the hospital. Because no one can afford an ambulance, right? So drive to the hospital because I know that if I go to the hospital, they'll just give me an IV, right? They'll just give me the, they'll give me the drugs that I need. I'll stop feeling sick, then I can go home. It's all good. So I go to the hospital and uh, I check in. I send my wife a text saying like, hey babe, you're still asleep. Um, you know, she doesn't wake up until like 7.30 or whatever. And so I'm like, hey, like, you know, eventful evening. I've been up vomiting and now I've gone to the hospital and I'll probably be back by the time you wake up. But just in case you wake up and go, where are you? I'm in the hospital. Right, so I send her this text and my wife wakes up and she looks at her phone and I'm not home yet. And she sees, oh, Andy's in the hospital. It's terrible. She looks at the phone and then, but then also when she looks at her phone, she notices something. This is a true story, right? She's seen the text from me, so she knows that I'm in the hospital. She notices, right, that she's got a voicemail on her phone. So this is what you've got to understand. The last time I called her, I tried to call. Then I started vomiting, never hanging up the phone. So I sent my wife like a five-minute long voicemail of me vomiting, right? So she is messaging me, and I'm waiting for this compassionate text from my wife, like, oh, babe, oh, yes, oh. Instead, it was like, ha, 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 you idiot. <laughs> anyway, got home, and she played me this message, just me going like, I wish I saved the voicemail. She's probably still got it, and, and she, she uses it to threaten me. Um, she says, if you do that again, I'm going to show people the vomit voicemail. 
it's a sensitive thing for me. Vomiting is a very vulnerable time. And anyway, that's my story. So vomiting, in conclusion, is the worst. Um, but hey, the thing that I love the best in, in life ever, for sure, and maybe it's your first time, this might be the first time you're ever hearing this, and um, it's a super powerful thing, but the thing in my life that I love the most is definitely having a relationship with God. You know, God is real tonight. He's, um, he's as real as we read about him in the Bible. He's, the, he's, he's, he's real in my life. He's real in Pastor Josh's life. He's real in all of the youth leaders' lives. And um, the reality is that the best thing that you can do with your life is actually to give your life to him. The best thing that you can do with your life is to live for him. You know, there's this kind of like a misconception going around at the moment that it, I, I guess it's a misconception that's been going around for a long time that as soon as you become a Christian, right, and you start coming to church and that kind of thing, all of a sudden you have to live this boring as life, right? I can't tell you that there's literally nothing more untrue than that, right? It, living life for Jesus is the best life that you can possibly live. In fact, it says in, in the book of John chapter 10 and verse 10, that Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. In other words, the best life that you can possibly live is actually one surrendered to Jesus, right? I guarantee it. And I'm someone that's, I've been through high school just like you guys and I've experienced what God has to offer. I've experienced what the world has to offer. I'm telling you tonight that what Jesus has for your life is better than anything that the world can have to offer. And maybe you're here for the first time and you've never, uh, maybe you've never even heard about Jesus. Maybe the only thing that you've heard about Jesus is when it's used as like a swear word. Or, or like you've seen, like you've driven past the church and you see like the crucifix up there. Or I, I don't know what your impression of Jesus is. What I do know is that he loves you. He cares for you. He died for you. And tonight, if you were to give your life over to him, it'd be the best decision that you could ever make. And, you know, if you were here this morning, I was talking a little bit about how um, we have access to healing. What, what people um, sometimes don't understand is that when you accept Jesus into your heart, it's not just salvation that you get. You get a whole bunch of other benefits, right, that, that so many Christians never even tap into. One of these benefits is called authority. Someone say authority. 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 Authority is a powerful thing. When you get saved, you get authority. And there's this verse in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. Look, I've got it behind me. It'll come up on the screens. Look at that. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus says to you that you have authority. Right. I quickly just want to want to ask the question, like, what is authority, right? You might think you have an idea of what authority means. Yeah, Donald Trump is a good one. Um, she kind of lost a bit of authority during the whole thing, to be honest. It's been, it's, been a, it's been rough. But anyway, authority is a powerful thing. Authority is actually a bit different to power. Sometimes when we think of authority, we think of power. But authority is actually a little bit different. So here's the thing. I like to think of myself as a pretty, pretty powerful individual. Um, I've, been, I've been hitting the gym pretty hard and uh, been growing my muscles. I feel, like I, could, I feel like I could take most people in this room. There is an octagon over there. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe we, anyway, I know it's been silly. But you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I back myself. Uh, I back myself, you know what I mean? I could walk through a dark alley without getting too stressed, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm a pretty powerful individual. But here's the thing. If you were to put me right in the middle of Lincoln Highway right now and an 18-wheeler truck was coming in my direction and I was standing in the middle of the highway and the 18-wheeler's coming at 110 k's an hour and I'm standing there, right? I'm pretty powerful, right? I think I'm pretty strong. But if it's me versus the 18-wheeler and the 18-wheeler came towards me, I reckon that I'd probably come off second best. What do you reckon, Pastor Josh? I reckon... I reckon that I probably wouldn't be a very good situation at all. 
soft serve Andy, mashed potato, right? I'd be, I'd be a goner, right? So, so that, that's, that's the deal. So that 18-wheeler truck has more power than I have. But if you were to take someone just like me, same build, same size, everything else, but that person's a police officer and they're wearing their police uniform and they've got their police badge, they can stand in the middle of that highway and do this to the truck and all of a sudden the truck has to stop. Why? Because that person isn't more powerful than the truck, but that person has authority, right? That's exactly what authority is. When Jesus gives you authority, this is what, this is what authority is. It's deferred power, right? So when a, uh, when a police officer stands in that in the middle of that highway, they, they don't have more power than the truck, but they have the deferred power of the South Australian government to tell that truck to stop. Does that make sense? You and I have authority in Jesus' name. What does that mean? We aren't powerful enough to face all of, all of the forces of darkness, right? But what we do have is authority, which is the deferred power that comes from heaven by the name of Jesus, right? All of us in this room, if you've accepted Jesus into your heart, you have authority in Jesus' name, right? And there's so many different areas that you have authority over, but just quickly, there's a, a few that I want to touch on tonight. The first area that you have authority over is the enemy, right? Just like Jesus is real, the devil is also real. And he has a plan for your life as well, and that's to harm you and to bring calamity into your world, right? There's an enemy of your soul, and he's coming after you. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, right? We don't fight against physical people, but we have an enemy of our soul that comes after us. But I've got good news for you tonight, and that is that you have authority over the devil. You have authority over all of the powers of darkness that would come against you. You know, there's this um, story of a, of a guy, uh, an old guy, um, back in the turn of the century, Back in the 1900s, he was like a, a famous um, guy that was super powerful and would move in the power of the Holy Spirit. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. Weird name, but he's a great guy. Came from Wales and, and he actually traveled through um, Australia. The reason why we actually have churches just like this one in South Australia is because of this guy. He came through and pretty much started the whole thing. He was known for being a guy that had incredible authority, incredible power. Um, he would see miracles. The, the, there's stories of him going to funerals and, and seeing people raised from the dead. There, there's stories of him running out of petrol and filling up his tank with water, and the water would change into petrol and he'd keep on driving. There's story, this guy saw amazing miracles happen throughout his life, but there's one time that he records about in his journal where he was at home and he got woken up in the middle of the night. Enjoy your Pringles, bro. <laughs> Everybody knows that you're eating Pringles. <laughs> Very subtle. Anyway, so um, this guy... <laughs> Anyway, so, so Smith Bigglesworth, right? I'm talking about this guy. He wakes up in the night, um, similar to me, except he didn't have to vomit. He was all good. And, and, and he felt like there was a bit of a presence in the house. And so he walks to a different room in the house. And as he walks into this, this next room, remember this is back before light bulbs were a common thing. He was just holding a candle. He walks into the next room and all of a sudden, the entire feeling of the room just becomes cold. When you know you're being watched, 100%. Right? So, so in all of a sudden, the room becomes cold. He walks in and he, and he says that he could smell this terrible smell. And sitting in a rocking chair in the corner, he knew that the devil himself, Satan, was literally sitting in his room, right? So he walks in. Yeah, Satan's just like, hey. Right, so um, imagine though being in that situation. Imagine being in that situation. Imagine walking into a room and all of a sudden, all of the authority of hell is sitting in that room right there. He walks in. 
It's terrifying. You guys are a distracting bunch, man. <laughs> I'm trying my best up here. <laughs> Disgusting. Which one of you? Anyway. Anyway. Memes. He walks into the room. Candlelight. I'm trying to set a scene here. The devil's sitting in the chair, right? The devil gets up out of the chair and walks towards him, and all of a sudden it's him holding a candle with Satan himself standing on the other side of the candle. Do you know what he does? He says, oh, it's only you. <laughs> and he walks off and goes back to sleep. Right? I know, right? What a flex. So this guy was an absolute beast. Here's the thing. Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, funny name, but powerful guy. He understood something, right? He understood that he had authority in Jesus' name. What does that mean? There's literally nothing that the enemy could possibly do to harm him. So even when Satan himself came into his house, he couldn't do anything. He couldn't even touch him. Why? Because Smith Wigglesworth was covered by the blood of Jesus. Question time later. Thank you, my Pringles friend. Number two. The second area that we have authority over, it sounds weird, but just go with it for a second, is, um, you know what? Skip number two. It would have changed your life, but you know. But alas, time escapes us. Point number three, which you can just write down as point two, I guess, because it's relevant. You have authority over sickness and disease. Sickness and disease. I kind of talked about this this morning a little bit, but um, you know that you actually have authority to to literally go up to people that have sickness and disease and pray for them and see that thing broken in Jesus' name. You have that, right? It's not a special thing, right? You, we all have access to the same Holy Spirit. Here's the thing, right? You've got to understand, there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. There's no such thing as a, as a Holy Spirit diet, diet, no sugar, right? There's no such thing as a Holy Spirit that comes less powerful for one person. You have the same Holy Spirit that I have. You have the same Holy Spirit that Smith Wigglesworth had. Get this, you have the same Holy Spirit working in you that Jesus had when he walked on the earth. That means that you and I have actually access to supernatural power to see sickness and disease broken. You guys, you don't have to wait to be a youth leader. You don't have to wait to, be, to, to go to Bible college or to do anything special like that. You literally right now by the Holy Spirit have that power. Imagine, right, the stories if you guys could go to your school See someone with like a broken leg or whatever, I don't know. Pray for them and see them healed by the name of Jesus. Right? Imagine what would happen in your school if we actually started seeing miracles break out. I think I have the answer to see revival. This is miracles. If we saw miracles, it'd be easy. It's just like straight up. Right? What would happen if you went to your school and believed God that he would do some, some supernatural things? What would happen if we all gathered together and believed God that he would save our schools? What happened? I mean, we have more than enough people in this room going to those two schools in particular to believe God that that entire school can get saved and come right here on a Sunday night and be filled with the power of God. We, we, we have access to authority. And what I want to do tonight, I want to pray for some people that want to receive a measure of the Holy Spirit to do something incredible in their schools or to do something incredible in their lives. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that's hungry to receive from God. And what I'll do is, how do we work it? We play a backing track what I'll do before we play the backing track, I'll just get everybody in this room just for a second, just to bow your head and close your eyes. The reason why we're doing that, if, you, if you're here for the first time, we're not doing anything like religious right now. Literally all I'm doing is just giving everybody in the room a moment of privacy. Everybody's got their head bowed and their eyes closed and so no one's looking around because I just want you to have a moment between you and God 
tonight, um, I just want to ask everyone a question, and that is, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you have a relationship with God? Do you know what it is to, to have Jesus in, in your heart and to have him as your best friend? You know, tonight, um, if, you, if you've never invited Jesus into your heart, I guarantee you, right, I, I'm, I'm still a young guy, but I've made a lot of decisions in my life. I've decided to, to buy a house. I've decided to be married, to have a child. I've, I've made some pretty major decisions in my life, but the, by far, the greatest decision that I've made so far is to invite Jesus into my heart. And tonight, if you've never invited Jesus into your life, he loves you tonight. He died for you. He took your sin away so that you could enter into relationship with him. And, and so if you've never made that decision, or maybe once you made that decision, but you know that you need to make that decision again, you know that you've fallen away. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Everybody has their eyes closed and their head bowed, so no one's looking around. It's just, just me looking, really. But if you want to make that decision tonight to say, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. On the count of three, why don't you raise your hand? I'll see it, and then you can put it down again. I won't embarrass you at all. Are you ready? One two, three. Is there anybody here tonight? Awesome. There's so many hands, so many people making that decision tonight. That's so great. Just keep it up just for a second longer so I can see it. You can put it straight back down again. That's so fantastic. And God, over every single person that just raised their hands right now, God, I pray, let your spirit be known to them, Jesus. I thank you that they've decided to follow you. God, I pray that you'd come into their heart, make them a new person in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for what you're doing.